from Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. What, what I've experienced is, is just um, devastation and, and all flooding. Houston, submerged by Hurricane Harvey. The things that we are up against are really unprecedented. There are entire towns underwater. You see the traffic lights, you know, the red, green, and yellow traffic lights, and it's it's two inches above the level of the water. And emergency personnel are working round the clock. Texas National Guard alone have have experienced uh, uh, the, the opportunity to rescue over 4,600 people. Uh, we've rescued hundreds of animals. We've got a deep look at what's going on in Texas and how the country and beyond are responding. Coming up on this edition of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile. Capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA, the National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. Whether it's terrorism, cyber criminals, anarchy, hostile nation states, or homeland security issues, you know Target USA covers the impact on the U.S. And among those issues are natural disasters. In the last week, Houston and other parts of Texas have been hit hard by flooding from Hurricane Harvey. On this program, we're going to look at what happened, what's being done about it, and how you can help. We'll start off by talking to two reporters on the ground there, and then we'll go to the Texas National Guard. First, we're on the phone with our WTOP colleague, Steve Dresner. Steve, start us off by telling us where you are. JJ, I'm about 15 miles west of downtown Houston and just over the border in the Katy, Texas area, specifically the Cinco Ranch uh, Division. And this area I've been in for the past two days has seen pretty heavy flooding because it's, it's basically right next to the Buffalo Bayou area. And what I've experienced is, is just um, devastation and, and all flooding. I'm, I'm actually looking at a, a family evacuating, and, and they're, they're carrying whatever they can on their backs in, in plastic trash bags, and it's an ongoing process of people trying to leave to drier ground. So give me a sense of what it was like when you first saw or witnessed what was going on there. JJ, you can't imagine because it's it's Houston is the fourth largest city in the United States, and as I always tell people, I'm trying to give them a lay of the land. You can be in part A of Houston and drive 45 minutes later, the, the equivalent of the Capitol Beltway around, and you could still be in Houston proper. And you know there may, there's a major artery, for example, I-10 that goes right to downtown Houston. And when I came up from San Antonio at I-610, that was all closed off and totally underwater. And and you have portions of the I-10 still underwater. So if you can imagine the Capitol Beltway, let's say in Montgomery County, George Avenue, all the way to the American Legion Bridge, underwater, 
and people can't get inside the beltway, that's a problem. And that's what the folks in Houston are experiencing because there are communities that people can't get in and they can't get out. And as I've been saying, it's very difficult to get from point A to point B. So it's a trickle-down effect. It affects rescue workers. It affects uh, people trying to evacuate. And as I'm experiencing today, J.J., there are people who have been on summer vacation that are trying to get back into their homes to see if there's any flooding. And law enforcement officials are blocking the roadways and saying, look, you have no access because all the roads are flooded. We're talking with Steve Dresner, one of our colleagues here at WTOP Radio in Washington, D.C., who is one of our anchors from the sports and the traffic team. And, Steve, you have uh, done a lot of traveling around the country for your work. How does this compare to anything you've ever seen before in your uh, travels around the country? Uh, JJ, I've covered hurricanes in Florida, Virginia Beach, and and last uh, Labor Day, vividly remember being at Hilton Head, and and this one actually is number one. I, I've just never seen flooding devastation like I've seen before, and where we're used to seeing roads um, uh, with yellow tape, law enforcement tape across them. We ran into a dicey situation a couple of uh, days ago trying to get into communities, and you had a couple of seconds to decide to uh, turn around and avoid the rushing waters. And when people say, and, and, and the phrase goes, uh, turn around, don't drown, there's a reason for it. And we kind of got close to that situation of needing a split-second decision. But the other, the other situation, J.J., that I've experienced, and, and this is kind of important that I still am amazed at, that I, I don't think people took this storm seriously. A lot of people ignored the evacuation orders in some of the communities, and that is, has been a problem up and down the board, of course, for rescue workers and so on. And, and residents have actually told me that. They ignored it for various reasons, but they, they didn't really take it seriously. Now, look, let's face it, as one, uh, someone told me, uh, head of the household, this young gentleman just recently married said, we can't afford to evacuate. And that's a very good point. There, there's a big economic impact as well. But I seriously think, J.J., from all the people I've met in the last week or so, up and down the board, that a lot of them didn't take this seriously. There are a lot of political overtones, as you know, But um, this is number one as far as everything I've seen in my career. That's our WTOP radio colleague, Steve Dresner. Steve, thank you. Thank you, JJ. We want to now change gears and go to the Washington Post senior correspondent, Kevin Sullivan, who's in Houston. Okay, Kevin, you've been there for uh, a while. Give me your characterization of what you've seen. It's really, it's very hard to put into words. You know, Houston is the fourth largest city in the United States, and it has just been absolutely devastated. I and mean, the loss of life, we're talking now, um, you know, I think it's its still in the teens, but that's certainly going to, to rise. But it, the flooding is like nothing you've ever seen. Uh, I'm sitting here looking out my window at, at a thing called Braze Bayou, one of the main water uh, waterways through the city of Houston. And it is down... It's probably down 25 or 30 feet from where it was, uh, where it peaked a couple of days ago. Uh, just incredible how the water has come up here, how it's devastated homes and businesses. Harris County, uh, which is the area around Houston, 
they're estimating that 25 to 30 percent of the entire county is underwater and that the amount of water that fell on the county is the equivalent of having Niagara Falls gushing on the county for 15 straight days. It's just absolutely incredible that the scenes that we've seen of people being rescued, neighbors helping neighbors, boats in the streets, people out there with canoes and you know inflatable toys, everything else, just anything to help each other help out neighbors. So terrible misery, but also some pretty inspiring stories of Good Samaritans, too. One of the things that I've heard, and I'm wondering if you can put this into context for us, is if you're looking at a situation where you're looking at a freeway, you know that there are these large, tall road signs that run over the freeway. The water is so high that it's approaching these road signs. Is that accurate? Oh, it's it's unbelievable, yeah. It's, it's, you know, I, I, I was in a place the other day where you look out and you see the you see the traffic lights, you know the red, green, and yellow traffic lights, and it's 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 sort of two two inches above the level of the water, and those things are high enough so that a big semi truck can get under them. So they're you know what fourteen, fifteen, sixteen feet off the ground, and that's just on an average average waterway. I mean an average street around here. I was I was driving through Houston yesterday and kind of took a wrong turn and ended up going in a way I didn't want to go, and it came to an underpass, and down beneath the underpass, probably still 10, 15 feet of water, and there were probably a dozen cars just submerged and abandoned in there, even you know, a few days after the worst of the storm here. What's your sense of the expanse of this devastation? Uh, indescribable, really. I mean, I think the storm is was something like 700 miles across at, at one point. Um, you know, there, we we are soaked. I'm in downtown Houston. We are soaked well out to the west of us here, and then the rain has been falling all the way over to, to New Orleans, hundreds of miles to the east. So, it's really hard to get your mind around. People keep saying that's like half the size of Rhode Island, or something. You know, and it's and it's really true. It's just it's just a vast area, and it isn't like the the entire place has been submerged, but there are pockets that are very difficult to predict. They pop up. Today, there's a, in Beaumont, Texas, they've had 26 inches of rain in the past 24 hours. They've had 47 inches of rain. That's almost four feet of water since last Friday. And, and you know, that's where the emergency is today. That's, you know, they're doing their best to get people out of there today, but it's, it's, it's practically impossible. What's your sense as a reporter of how this is impacting people there? I, you know, two things. I've seen a lot of people who are just devastated. They've lost everything. Um, but I think even more than that, the thing that has been remarkable, the thing that's really been striking to me is the optimism of people. People, I hear a lot of people say, well, if you live in Texas, this happens, and we're kind of used to it. And people are doing extraordinary things. Um, I was just talking to someone a few minutes ago who spent Monday afternoon out on a small boat in pouring, driving rain in a boat in his neighborhood in Houston, um, rescuing people. And he just said, I had to do it. My house flooded. I had a boat. What was I supposed to do? People were hurting. So I went out and helped them. So the stories, those kind of stories of people helping people, neighbors helping neighbors, I think are the real the most remarkable um, thing about this storm for me. And speaking of remarkable, and uh, you're a senior uh, correspondent at the Washington Post, which suggests you've seen a few things and been a few places. How does this compare to what you've seen and experienced before? You know, yeah, I've seen a lot of things around the world. And I, I, you know, 
it's hard to it's hard to imagine the scale of this um, anywhere in anything else I've seen. I've seen typhoons in India and all kinds of things, and you know the death toll in those places tends to be higher. But the, just the sheer scale of this is just extraordinary. Uh, you know, and we're talking about a you know twenties you know the United States in 2017, and you have places where people are just running from floodwaters in you know expensive subdivisions in the middle of Houston. It's, it's incredible. What else would you say struck you or has struck you or are you thinking about uh, in, as you cover this disaster? I guess I, I'm, I don't know the answer to this question, but I'm struck at how, how unsurprised people are that this level of flooding um, can happen. You hear a lot of people talking about whether Houston was built for this or not built for this, and I, I don't pretend to have the answer to that question right now. But I think as this thing moves forward, it's going to be really interesting to to hear, to ask those questions and to find out whether the city, you know, was it, has it been built properly for its geography? I'm sure it has. I have no reason to believe it, it hasn't been, but it's pretty remarkable that that people here are so used to this, this level of flooding. You, you just wonder if there wasn't something you could do to prevent it. One person that I spoke to a little earlier indicated that he didn't think that people really took this situation seriously. Do you get that sense? No, not at all. I think I think people, I think there are some people who are a little bit fatalistic about it. They said, well, it's coming. I, I, I spent um, a couple of days ago with a, a woman down in Victoria, Texas, which was very hard hit. And she didn't leave because she said, you know, I've, I've lived through these things before. I know what to expect. I know it's dangerous, but... I feel like it's better to stay and make a stand in my house than it is to run. That's just um, that's just not who I am. So it isn't that people don't take it seriously. I think they just they're they're sort of used to it and they feel like they can deal with it in in a way other than um, you know flying off to stay with relatives in California or something. Kevin Sullivan, Washington Post, excellent reporting. Thank you. Great. Thank you very much. So we've had two very talented reporters paint a vivid picture of what it looks like down there. Now, let's get into it with Lieutenant Colonel Travis Walters, who's the public affairs spokesperson for the Texas National Guard, joining us on the phone right now. Lieutenant Colonel Walters, tell us what you're up against. Well, you know, I, I will mention first off that the things that we are up against are really unprecedented. You know, in, in a number of previous hurricanes that we've experienced here in Texas over the past week, uh, we when we find that the hurricane comes and goes. And in this instance, in this example, we've had a hurricane that has lingered, that has caused widespread flooding uh, over the course of a number of days. So just today, the rain is breaking in Houston, which is a massive area of uh, millions of people uh, that we're working against. And so uh, I was speaking to some ground commanders earlier today uh, that explained that there were roads that were passable, that we drive high water vehicles uh, in across to rescue folks. And then an hour or two later, uh, those will be covered with water. The conditions will, will change. And so it's a very fluid situation on the ground to, to work through. How, how, does that, how does that happen with a road being available and then not being available later? What causes that? Well, we, we are seeing 
uh, just an unprecedented amount of flooding. And so conditions on the ground are uh, have, over the past few days, just been changing very rapidly. Uh, but I'll tell you this, uh, that I am proud today to be a Texan because uh, we have thousands of uh, Texas Guardsmen and support from, from other entities uh, coming in that are our partners. And uh, our soldiers and our airmen are motivated and inspired by the work that they are doing. Uh, very literally, they are performing with tireless energy uh, because of uh, the lives they're saving, because of the Texans that they're helping uh, here in our state. And I also have to throw out a, 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 a big kudos to our first responders. Uh, we are seeing uh, just an incredible uh, level of cooperation on the ground in everyone from uh, local first responders, state agencies, federal agencies. Everyone is extremely focused on the task at hand. And really, there is no time for anything less than maximum cooperation. You know, we have a couple of uh, colleagues there in the region, and they've talked about that cooperation. And it's nothing short of miraculous that uh, there are no more casualties than there are. Is that correct? Well, of course, our our, our thoughts and prayers uh, go out to those who have experienced uh, the loss of life in, in, in their families, uh, for, for friends, for co-workers. And... Uh, while uh, we we certainly grieve those that we have lost uh, for a disaster of this proportion, uh, we are grateful, extremely grateful that uh, we have not experienced any more loss of life than, than we have. How would you characterize the situation that residents in 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 Houston and in the area, the affected area? How would you characterize the state or the situation that they face uh, in 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 the next? hours, days, and weeks? Well, I, I, let, me, let me say that one other thing that, that makes me uh, proud uh, to, to be a Texan is uh, how our citizens have re- reacted uh, to what is really uh, just a devastating uh, thing in so many lives, thousands upon thousands of, of people that have lost their homes. Uh, that, that have lost literally every material thing that, that they've had. And what we've seen on the ground for our soldiers uh, that are rescuing people, pulling them up into higher water vehicles, hoisting them up into helicopters to literally save them, their lives, uh, flying them in C-130s from Galveston Island uh, back up to Dallas to be sheltered, uh, or even rescuing them in our military-grade boats. Uh, the patience, the cooperation, and the graciousness of the citizens uh, that we have rescued is really remarkable. It's heartbreaking to see their tragedy, but it's heartwarming to see their enduring spirit. Lieutenant Colonel, let's take a look at the numbers right now. Troops, vehicles, choppers, rescues, airlifts. Uh, what can you tell us about those? Well, the numbers are very fluid, if I could use that that word, to both describe the, the situation with the weather as well as the situation with resources pouring in, because every minute of every day now at this point, uh, there are additional resources that are moving toward uh, the affected areas or being deposited into the affected areas. Uh, so 
Uh, for example, uh, we have uh, some immediate needs today in the Beaumont-Port Arthur area, which is on the Texas-Louisiana border. Uh, we are taking additional resources that are showing up uh, to the affected area and immediately allocating uh, them to uh, conduct search and rescue operations in uh, a place where they're experiencing more rain and more flooding uh, that's brand new in this situation. Uh, we in the Texas National Guard alone have have experienced uh, uh, the, the opportunity to rescue over 4,600 people. Uh, we've rescued hundreds of animals. Uh, we even rescued uh, five bunnies out of uh, Rockport uh, within the past few days. Uh, so literally all over the, the place uh, of, of evacuations and rescues, uh, we have helicopters that are uh, several dozen that, that are eventually approaching the, uh, around 100 that are operating in the affected area as more and more aerial resources show up. Uh, we have hundreds of trucks uh, that are operating in the area, high-profile vehicles, things that, that are much different than what you can buy uh, commercially at, at your local dealership uh, to be able to react accordingly uh, to, to this situation. So what is it that you need most right now? Well, one of the things that we want to be uh, sensitive to is uh, the fact that that we have uh, the local first responders that are really driving the train to to, to tell us what what they need. So, local sheriffs, uh, local police, local firefighters that that are leading the charge, and then we in the National Guard help them and assist them uh, in in their response uh, to to this uh, tragedy. And so we have additional capabilities that, that, that sometimes they need a little extra help with, like a lot of helicopters, a lot of military-grade vehicles, and we're happy to do that. And what we want to be careful of is that we don't clog the area with too much too quickly. Uh, it's been said that uh, in the military vernacular that tactics are for amateurs, logistics, well, that's for professionals. And so the logistics of, of everything we move into the area, uh, those people, that equipment requires care and feeding as well because it needs to be supported with a, with a logistics train. So we're time phasing in things that, that are coming in. One of the things that, of course, we need more of is more of the, the same as we pour more resources in to continue to conduct a rescue operations. So uh, boats, planes, helicopters, people, high water vehicles, and, and that is showing up at, at all levels state and federal uh, across uh, the, the, the whole of government and uh, civilian forces. What are you looking at in terms of um, the next days, weeks, and months? I know you guys are great planners. Well, if I can give you an example of what we are seeing in the affected area, it, it might explain it a little better. We are realizing that, as we have seen in previous natural disasters, that there are different phases uh, that these disasters go in, uh, even one as unprecedented as the one we're facing now. So immediate search and rescue, uh, saving lives is, is always our, our initial response, which is what is occurring right now. Uh, but down in Corpus Christi, where things have stabilized a little better, 
the next phase uh, that we're starting are those critical life care uh, type of operations. So we have points of distribution to hand out food, water, uh, supplies for folks that are displaced, that have lost their homes, uh, that need that to, to, to carry on when, with the basics of, of life until we can get them into uh, a, a better, more permanent uh, situation again. And, and then, of course, there's uh, the rebuilding uh, piece that, that comes along uh, with that as well that's, that's later on. And we in the Texas National Guard are, are committed uh, to, to stay as long as we are needed, as long as, and as the governor uh, calls us to, to, to be there to assist our, our fellow citizens. One final thing, Lieutenant Colonel Walters. What do you say, what are you saying to those families when you encounter them uh, that have lost everything? How are you handling that? Well, you know, it's, it, it's, it, it's, it's difficult not to be moved down to the uh, very core of your heart and soul uh, when, when, when you encounter such uh, disaster, such uh, tragedy. But let me give you a, an, a word that, that we are continually getting back from our ground commanders, our soldiers who are literally pulling people uh, out of the water by the hundreds, uh, that the citizens here in Texas are responding in a marvelous way across the board uh, as, as they're being rescued and as, as they are, are working through the process. And after we get them to a safe place, they are patient, they are cooperative, uh, they are gracious. And to have endured such hardship and have that uh, and as their attitude, uh, which is by and large what we're seeing, is, is, is very notable. It's heartbreaking to see their tragedy, but it's heartwarming uh, to see their enduring spirit. Anything you want to add that I haven't asked you about that you think is important? Well, I, I, we, we uh, really appreciate uh, the partnerships uh, that we've seen on uh, the ground, in the air. We are extremely grateful uh, for those volunteers who, who have jumped in to help. Uh, we realize that really all uh, responses are local. It's, it's responding to one person or one family in one neighborhood to help them out uh, with whatever the need is. And then that situation occurs over and over again, thousands of times across the affected area. So our local first responders are doing a great job. The Texas Department of Emergency Management is, is doing a great job. We've got a lot of federal resources uh, being pumped into the area, and we as the Texas National Guard are grateful uh, to serve in this area and, and be a part of this operation as, as we help our fellow citizens. Lieutenant Colonel Walters, again, we're so sorry about the situation there, but we're glad you're there with the expertise that you and your team bring, and we wish you the best, and thank you for joining us today. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Have a great day. Okay, we've talked about what happened. We've talked about what's going on to help the victims there from the military and the National Guard and all of those organizations that are involved in that process, but there's also something that you can do, too. And one of our colleagues here at WTOP, Christy King, has been working on this all week. Christy, what have you found out about how to help the best way to help? Money spends, cash spends. 
People have these grand notions. Oh, I'll hold a food drive. I'll collect a bunch of clothes. The challenge is the logistics of getting that to the people who need it. Mm -hmm. You give money and you are activating the people who can help. You're buying the resources locally that can be distributed immediately. You get immediate impact, cash, spends. Yeah. You know, you were talking to me a few moments ago and you, 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 you recited an interesting story about uh, the Salvation Army and how busy they've been and just how dedicated some of them are. All hands on deck. Salvation Army has activated every, every chapter in Canada and the United States. I'm talking a continent worth of people are responding. There are these things called canteens. It's kind of mm -hmm. a mobile food truck. Yeah. There are 500 canteens ready to roll. They're kind of on standby in the planning stages right now because this incident is is so long lasting we we kind of need to let the chips fall and the water to recede before people can even be uh determined appropriate places mm -hmm. to to activate mm -hmm. but every chapter in the nation of salvation army is sending people and the first wave is going to be those food trucks they call them canteens and logistics from the, the logistics people are going to set up command centers for organizational structures that are very community-based. They're going to have all these dots of these command posts from St. Charles, Louisiana to Corpus Christi, Texas. They're going to have people that are in charge of all of the volunteers, mm -hmm. all of the resources, mm -hmm. all of the social services. Uh, there's a whole network that the Salvation Army is connected with every single day. They work to fight poverty, hunger, homelessness, and this emergency disaster response is a continuation of that effort. Yeah. So are there any preferred organizations that people should focus on? The big question, do you go national? Do you go local? There's some pros or pros and cons. Charity Navigator is well-respected, nonprofit, unbiased opinions. They, they, rank on all these different factors regarding transparency of the finances, how money is spent, how much goes to administrative, how much goes to the actual function the charity is supposed to be addressing. Charity Navigator, I spoke with an expert there and she says, basically it's up to you whether you want to go big national, something like American Red Cross or mm -hmm. Salvation Army. There's also the locals. For mm -hmm. example, um, Houston Food Bank, Food Bank of Corpus Christi, Humane Society Houston, Greater Houston United Way. Mm -hmm. They know all the players. They know the needs. Mm -hmm. They know where the resources can come from, where they need to go to. They're on the ground. Boots on the ground already have familiarity and are best able to spread the wealth knowledgeably and responsibly. There's a list, um, many lists of, of responsible organizations you might choose to give to. Mm -hmm. The challenge is these organizations that are local are facing the same problems as the people they're trying to help. Uh -huh. I was speaking with the local Salvation Army guy who says he was on the horn with the Houston commander for the, for the Salvation Army yeah. in that area. Yeah. He was conducting business from the roof of his home using a cell phone <laughs> until a friend with a bass boat came and picked him up to take him to dry ground. That, that, that's dedication. That's a lot of dedication. Christy King, WTOP reporter. You always do great work. Thanks for doing a magnificent job covering this. My pleasure. Houston and all of the areas affected, 
we're thinking about you. We won't forget about you. You're in our thoughts and prayers, and we'll be back to this soon. That's it for this episode. Coming up on our next program, whether it's terrorism, anarchists, cyber criminals, nation states, intelligence, or the U.S.'s own counterintelligence drama that's playing out in the Congress. Join us on Target USA for the latest. Thank you for checking in with us. Follow us on Twitter at TUSA Podcast. That's Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha Podcast. You can also let me know what you think at jgreen at WTOP.com. That's the letter J, the color green, one word, at Whiskey Tango Oscar Papa. jgreen at WTOP.com. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Hey, everybody. The new Podcast One app is here. There's no other podcast app like this one. Download it in the App Store or on Google Play. You can find out everything about your favorite shows. You can get more content for Target USA. You can find articles, social media, episodes. You can make playlists. There's so much you can do. It's easy to comment and connect with other show fans because we have our own little community there. You can share your favorite content and see behind-the-scenes photos, get 360 video, or watch a bunch of shows in virtual reality. There's over a 1,000 videos on there right now. It's like you're in the studio. Really cool. So many things you can do, including fun things like rewards for listening and much, much more. So if you don't do anything else today, remember to download the Podcast One app. Here at Podcast One, we love hearing from you. We read every tweet and comment you send our way. So don't miss your chance to take our summer listener survey. Just go to podcastone.com and click on the survey banner. Or go to podcastone.com slash mysurvey. It only takes a few minutes, and it gives you the opportunity to make a direct impact on your favorite shows. Tell us how you really feel so we can get to know you better. We value your thoughts and participation. So check out the survey at podcastone.com slash mysurvey. Or click on the survey banner on podcast Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.